And we're off. Um, hello, guys. My name is Patrick. This is the Ball and Ride podcast. And in today's episode, I have a special guest with me. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, guys. My name's Tyrese. So, Tyrese, with today, actually, with Tyrese, we're going to speak about football this time. Uh, we both have a lot of football knowledge, so it's only right to kind of share it about, see our opinions, and yeah, discuss different mm-hmm. topics. Uh, first question, just to start off, Tyrese, what club do you support? Unfortunately, unfortunately, Arsenal. <laughs> oh, that's both unfortunate and unfortunately. Why, like, well, why do you say that? Why do you say unfortunately? Uh, unfortunately, we're in probably the worst time we've ever been in as a club. Currently sitting below, I think, eleventh last time I checked. So, but would you say that's the would you say that's the worst time for you guys? Because realistically, you do have a good squad. We have a good squad, but we don't have exactly what we need. We, we don't have any attacking outlet. And then we have this whole Ozil nonsense that's going on where he's not playing, he's not part of any squad, and he's yes. in the position that we need the most. So, <laughs> annoying. That is actually, that is actually like, I feel sorry for Arsenal because the fact, the thing is, Ozil is actually a good player as well. Mm. And you guys pay him big money for him to, what, just not even be in squad, included in any of the squads. My view on it is that Ozil, at his complete and utter worst, can surely still put in something better than the Joe Willicks and the, the try-hard merchants, really. He's got the yeah. actual quality, that even on a bad day, he can probably produce something. And experience. Mm. All he's now. got to do is, all he's got to do is sit there, really, and try to just feed the Aubameyangs and the Pepe. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Attacking midfielder, he's a, he like back back in his actual prime, he was a very good um, attacking midfielder. Even back from Real Madrid days, I'm not mm, too sure mm. what actually happened between Arsenal's board and and Ozil, but you guys would have definitely used him well this season, especially. Like the, I think the worst part of it is that he's in his final year, and he was he was his signing. You know, when Arsenal won in like the long gold um, trophy drought, and then they finally yeah. won one. It was him that came back and kind of almost restarted us. That big deadline signing from Real Madrid to Arsenal. Like, yeah, I even remember that was great career. It was 2014, I think we signed him. Right, yeah. So you guys signed him for a couple of years now? I think this is... I think I saw his seventh season, I think it might be. Something like that. Yeah. yeah, and he's your most paid but, player as well, <laughs> and not playing. By a country mile as well, it's not even close. Aubameyang signed a new contract and still wasn't close to Ozil's contract. But you know what? I'll be honest with you. From an outsider's perspective, yeah, from someone that part of... yeah, go on. Sorry, I was say sorry. I said I think the saddest part of the Ozil thing as well is that the criticism that he gets is that he doesn't track back and things like that. And now we finally signed Thomas Party to do that kind of tracking back and going forward. That Ozil yeah. probably would thrive this season. Yeah, because but. Ozil is, isn't much of a box-to-box. He is just a pure cam. There mm. to pass, mm. there to kind of create create chances, score in occasionally. So, yeah, but yeah. As, as I was saying, from, from an outsider's perspective, you know, like, I've, you know, I've, I've never actually had, like, <laughs> feelings for Arsenal. I've never actually liked Arsenal. I've, just purely because I'm a Chelsea fan, but seeing you guys, seeing you guys like, I don't know, I wouldn't say mistreat the player because there's obviously two sides to everything, but yeah. for someone of his quality to be sitting at home getting paid a lot of money 
and do like literally nothing for the club it is a bit like you know I feel sorry for your actual club that you guys as fans have to experience that yeah yeah so then things like that as well cause hostility because we'll have the fans back home that want Ozil playing and every game that we keep going to not creating chances while we have a cam on 350k a week tweeting like he's on football twitter it just creates a more ridge and then less trust in the manager who just came in and I don't know it's too much going on at once and then we're not performing why, 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 why do you think that is? Because Nicola Arteta, when he first came in to you guys, as a, not as a player, as a coach, um, mm. well, he was doing pretty well. He won the, what, what did you guys win? FA Cup and... Community Shield. And Community Shield. So yeah, you, like, first, first season, two trophies, and now start of the season, it hasn't been going that well for him. Why do you think? I feel like when Arteta came in, he had a lot of work to do with, like, repairing relationships and things like that. We had, like, Xhaka's incident against Palace where, he told the fans whatever yeah. he said. He then, what's it called? Um, so he was about to go in January. And Arteta came in at the end of December, I think it was. So when he came in, it's just been the first few times rebuilding relationships. So then the morale of the club went up. And then the way we set up, like, tactically against the big teams, which is what we ended up beating, like, Chelsea, well, Chelsea in the Community Shield, Liverpool, yeah. no, sorry, Liverpool in the Community Shield, Chelsea, and Chelsea in the City in the... Yeah, seeing the semi-final. We kind of sat back, defended it, held it up, and then were able to hit nice counters with like lots of passes and things like that. But then you can it... only do it so much. Yeah, that's true. And like <laughs> Until someone actually works out your game. And the issue with Arsenal, Arsenal are playing almost like a lower-level le- lower team to the other top teams. So we go, yeah. when we're meant to be at the home against like, Leeds like, like yesterday, we're meant to be... Um, attacking them from the out from the get go, we shouldn't just be controlling the game. Less and less shots. Yeah, like we're not playing like a big team. Mm. Yeah, that is the, everything is like blended. You could you could also see that while well, it is actually surprising that you guys actually do very well against big teams, but when it comes to the smaller ones, that's what you actually struggle with. But I think that's just yeah. the beauty of football, especially English football, where you know all like all of the teams have some sort of good quality in them that it actually gives that sort of rivalry. Like anyone can win with anyone in in the Premier League, like this season at least. Anyway, I think. Yeah, I feel like uh, f- football's definitely evolved. I think maybe back in the day, call it like ten, fifteen years ago, I think the top yeah. teams were better than they are now. They had like almost world class players across yeah. the whole field. But then it's like all the, all the other teams Premier League teams would be like, would be Championship level, but it's playing the Premier. Yeah. yeah, like the Boltons and the, the ones that kind of couldn't compete. So in the top. Play the top teams are roughly the same depending on the order, like the Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, United, like the original yeah. top four. But now we've got like Wolves that just came into the Premier League and became a threat right from the get go. Like any yeah. team, like you said, could beat any team and you wouldn't be surprised. It's true, it's true. Yeah. But that, yeah, going back to that team, Wolves actually done pretty well. They ended up, I'm not sure where they got the money from, but they ended up getting so many signings and so many good signings as well. That yeah. Look what they ended up. They're what Europa Europa League this year. Yeah, and it Pretty shows sure some money of Jota as well. Yeah, yeah, because I think we went for forty something mil, so pretty decent. Damn. I think with Wolves as well, they spent smart because the same season I think they got promoted. Fulham got promoted, and Fulham spent like a hundred, hundred and ten million, and finished in the bottom three and got relegated straight away, and probably put themselves in even worse 
financial situation. So it's all about spending yeah. smart as well. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Because I even remember that season that you're talking Because this, this wasn't this season. This was like, what, two seasons, three seasons ago? Yeah, two seasons ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was when Fulham came in as well. I remember that like, they bought... Um, who did they get? They got Sergio Rico from... That's Seri, that big one. What, the centre-back? And, uh, there was one sentiment, sorry, like S-E-R-I, but he was like really sought after that season. Like, he played in, I think, France. Ooh, I don't everyone know. was surprised that he went to a team like Fulham because he was linked with like the Barcelonas and something like that, but somehow ended up at Fulham. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. So like when I saw like those, those you know, big names, like uh, uh, for example, like I need Sergio Rico from like the La Liga. And I was thinking, wow, yeah. all these guys are actually going to these small teams that literally just came in. And what happened? Next yeah. season, back back to championship, relegation level. Yep. And then they all have to leave because they can't afford to pay those kind of wages and those kind of players aren't going to play in the championship. Yeah. And, and, and the fact that championship has 48 matches rather than 38. Yeah, yeah. There's Is it 48? I think it's 48. Yeah, because they've got more teams. Something, something like that. Yeah. But yeah. The key is to spending smart. Because even United, United has spent so, so much and look what they are. Oh, United is a whole topic of itself because what do you actually like? What what would you say about that team right now as of 2020? I, like, <laughs> I thought that they've got so many varying issues that is actually kind of crazy. I probably think the board might be an issue, but then how much can you bim the board because they're still giving the managers all the money to spend? They have That's so true. many different managers. I don't even know if their manager right now, Oli, is even any good. Their squad doesn't have the depth they should have considering how much money they spent. Pogba hasn't been world-class for United in years. There's a lot going on. But you know what? From an outsider's perspective, we can't even like you know pinpoint their team or what goes on in their team to, to kind of like you know distinguish what is wrong with them. Because yeah. you know, as as you know, as me being a Chelsea fan and you as an Arsenal fan, my um my opinion on Man United has changed over the years. I used to hate Man United, especially when they like you know when we were younger, when we were like two thousand eight times when they were proper yeah. dominating. I hated Man United, and mm-hmm. I hate them to this day. Just for real, as as a as a football fan, I like still like you know have that sort of thing towards Man United. But recently, yeah. it's just you kind of don't want that sort of thought of a big club. You don't want to see that. You know that dynasty, that big, that big like sort of character in the sport to die out like that. Like mm-hmm. you know, Man United is a is a worldwide known football club that kind of promotes football at the same time. And for them to yeah. be like you know, well, where they like lost what the tenth right now? Yeah, even like 10, last yeah. season they were like what? No, actually last season they came third. I think the, the last season was a bit of an anomaly because they it was an anomaly. Yeah, with the whole pandemic <laughs> and everything, it. and then yeah. And then he became like penalty merchants for the last like ten games of the season. They were literally yeah. Bruno Fernandez pen- penalty winning every game. Even even this season, even this season, every single game they probably have like one penalty on average. Yeah. They they have United has the most VAR overturns uh, more than uh, any other club this season. They have five, and the next person has like two. But that's not even. That's the thing. That's what I'm saying. I don't even want to dwell into that club because that club has so many variables within them that you can just talk about and like have your opinion on. Because realistically, like, like they're, they're, they're doing nothing right now. They're literally an episode in themselves. <laughs> they got a 35-year-old Cavani to come in. 
Mm-hmm. Then they bring in a young Van de Beek and not play him. Which is which is actually a very good player. Yeah. He is a sick player. Even when he plays for Netherlands nowadays, when the, when it was the international break, he was scoring goals. Yeah. Ajax, the and same I, thing. He's scoring goals. But, yeah, but he's just... And I can't understand why he doesn't play. I can't understand it. Because not that Pogba's playing amazing. Yeah, that's true. Um, it was, yeah. what's, what's their midfield right now? Their main midfield is, I think, McTominay, Matic, Fred... Bruno and Pogba, depending on whatever three mix that Oli decides to choose there. And then Van der Beek is what is like normally one of the first subs to come on. Ah, it's, you know what? It's just appalling how they actually treated him. Such a quality player to go to such a, I don't know, downfall of a team that they don't even play him. They should actually utilize him as a good player and play him, but they choose not mm-hmm. to for some reason, which is, you know. Yeah, but they employ Odin Agalo, so that probably sums up a lot. Yeah, they did. They uh, did. I think that's a crisis. They get a, to go in a genuine transfer window and need a signing that badly that they go to Odin Agalo in China. And then <laughs> wait, wait, is he still? Is he in this team? Um... He is still in the team. <laughs> they extended his loan. I think about like think about what he's feeling. This guy went from playing in some random team in China to playing in one of the most <laughs> like best teams in the world. Literally. He must have been livid. Nah, but it's just what they're, like as I was saying, they're tenth right now, and I don't see them coming back up. Like maybe last last season they did because last season they were in the same position, but then they like end of the season they they ended up pulling it to third place. I don't think that's going to happen this year. I agree. I don't think they've got. The quality going long the long haul for the season. I I yeah. don't see them getting top four either. With the no, the season going, or even top like six Liverpool to be fair. City, yeah, Liverpool and City are so good that they've already cemented their place in the top four. No matter what, how bad they might play or injured or anything, Chelsea's yeah. squad is amazing and kind of you're finally getting form now. So I I probably see you as a top four. And then we've got Spurs, who are getting a revival under Mourinho. Yeah, what do you? You know what? I, I'm 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 rating what they're doing. I am. Yeah. They already have like most of the same players that they had throughout the like you know a couple of last years. And Mourinho, a brilliant you know a very controversial but brilliant manager coming in and doing what he's doing. Uh, I like mm. I like this race. I, I want to see what happens between Spurs and 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 Liverpool. Yeah, and they've Where's that made that smart They're around the top 10, but they went and lost their last game to Brighton. Yeah, Danny Robert scored. Well, this is Aston Villa you're talking about, right? Yeah, Villa, yeah. They lost to... Wow, yeah, Villa Danny Robert scored. But, but do you know what's crazy about Villa? It was... Yeah. um the. Penultimate game of the last season after Project Restart was against Arsenal. Arsenal's last two games were Villa and Watford. It was essentially in Arsenal's hand which team they were going to basically relegate that season. <laughs> so if, any, if things went differently, we probably would have relegated, if we actually were good, we would have relegated Villa. Watford would have stayed up and then Grealish probably would have 100% got sold. And like, it's crazy just how one result could change the whole club. Because now it's they true. probably won't get relegated. It's true, and it's very it's it's very true what you're saying about Grealish. I'm I'm pretty sure it's one one of those one of these 
top teams would have swiped Grealish off Aston Villa if they went back to Championship. Yeah, and now, and now if he does and, go, they've given him a big contract, so he has to go for a lot of money. Oh, definitely. He's definitely, like, this season alone, it hasn't, it hasn't even reached a halfway point. He's already proved himself as a quality player. Mm. Mm. He's consistent for England, for... Villa. Exactly, yeah. That's the thing, that's the player that England should kind of build around. Mm. Because mm. really and truly, he is like, what, he plays as a cam as well, right? He plays like, yeah, he plays sort like of CM yeah. cam. Same sort of thing. If you have people that will use the chances when he provides them, it's game over. Yeah. To be honest, he's the player that Arsenal probably need to like almost take him to the next level that they need to. The party behind him with Grealish being able to actually drag the ball forward and being Premier League unproven, that's kind of what he like he need they need. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do see that. Grealish would fit well in, into Arsenal's team. Mm-hmm. He would be that mm-hmm. kind of, you know, that sort of you know, that glue that you guys need to kind of create everything together. Because right now, yeah. as I said as I said previously, like, you guys ha- actually do have a good team. Like, you do need to make a couple of changes there and there, just as a personal point of view. But yeah. overall, you do have good players. It's just that they, I don't know if it's the chemistry or if it's just something, it's just sometimes not working out. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And you see other teams, like, I- I'm really surprised, like, look, after after Leicester's um, championship season, I didn't expect them to win it again. I expected them to go back to being their like you know tenth place, twelfth place team. Mm. For them to be since that season consistent, like uh, uh, I don't know each season, but I know for the past like three seasons they've been up there as, again. Yeah, like Leicester, Leicester's becoming a team that you don't, you wouldn't want to play. There's a there's a, a match like Chelsea or Arsenal when you see them thinking, ah, oh, we kind of got Leicester now. Which would never ever would have happened years ago. Yeah, it's true. And like Vardy is kind of insane. Like, see, ever since he's like, won the Premier League that season, he's consistently got minimum fifteen goals a season. Yeah, and what he went into professional football at? I don't even know. Twenty six, twenty seven, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. He's a factory worker. Crazy. But that that just shows that with you know with determination or with the right you know with the right sort of coaches or what no you could actually make it like doesn't matter what age yeah and yeah. he's still and what he's he uh, went into the top ten of all time Premier League goal scorers or something like that something like that yeah yeah he's definitely got over well, uh, over hundred Premier League goals now yeah like he's he's averaging roughly about a goal every other game since being in the Premier League which is crazy. That's crazy. It is for Premier League for Premier League sort of statistics. That is very good. Yeah, and it's not like he's playing for a big club either. He's playing for like a Leicester. So to get that many goals for a team that's not the Cities or the Liverpools or something insane. And the funny thing is that they actually took away some of his playmakers, like what Mares, Kante. um, Yeah, yeah. Who else is there in the middle with them? A couple of people, but they well, they they just got bought by other clubs, and he's still been consistent. Yeah, no matter who they put with him, he keeps on thriving. Yeah, yeah, he, he literally averaging a goal every other game. Just I think that just shows the quality of the player. To be fair, yeah, yeah, I was he's quite surprised. As well. Yeah, definitely, he's he is a very versatile guy and quick as well. But that's what I'm saying. I was quite surprised that he ended up retiring from international football quite early on. I think it was like two, three, like I don't know, I think yeah. it was a year ago or yeah. whatnot. But it was like after two, three years of just debuting. But thinking mm. about it now, he is of age. He is 31. It is only right to make make space for the younger generations. 
Yeah. And even he, though he could be potentially the best. Yeah. Maybe he's even good for his own body because if he doesn't go to the international breaks, he can perform better for Leicester. So there's no injuries when he goes out. Like when you're older, you don't really want to do that many games. And now they're in Europe as well. Yeah. Have you seen his diet? He was literally drinking a Red Bull before he came on sub and scored against Arsenal. Like he like, I actually watched him on the bench. Like he's almost like, a, like he's not real. It's it's a very weird diet. I'm not. Google it after, but if I'm if I'm correct, it was like he would have a coffee, or two coffees, a Red Bull, and something else to eat before each match. He it's just, why do he just runs on caffeine, caffeine alone? Yeah, literally. How how unhealthy that is, but how it works well for him, <laughs> I just don't understand. Yeah, a lot of managers are strict with their players' diets. They won't allow them to have like fizzy drinks, squash or anything. I guess when it's with Vardy, you just let him do what he wants to do if it's working. Yeah, exactly. And why would anyone change that? I, I don't blame like you know all these managers like Claudio, um, uh, Ranieri or Brendan Rodgers of like just letting him do what he does because he does it best. Yeah. Yeah. So, I if it's not broken, don't fix it. 100%. Another, another crazy person coming forward? Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Oh, you know what? That is, that, is looking, that is looking lethal. He is looking lethal. Yeah. How much is it? 10 goals? In how many games? Ten, probably 9 games this season, I think, has only been played. Yeah, so, 10, games and nine, 10 goals, 9 games. Beautiful record, honestly. And he's been scoring in the um, international matches as well. Yeah, yeah. He is something to look forward to as well. I'm not too sure what his age is, actually, but I'm pretty sure he is quite young. Yeah, he's 23. He's 23. There you go. That's that's literally just an... Oh, wow, he's actually a year year older than me. You know, that's another thing. It's crazy, like, you know, we're reaching an age where we're, you know, 21, 22... And it's it's crazy to think that these guys are 18, 17, 19 and literally mm-hmm. play professional football. Like, I'm looking to be getting shirts with people's names that are younger than me. Yeah, yeah, that is so weird. <laughs> I always have that idea, yeah, I'm going to be a footballer, things like that. Yeah, 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 I'm going to have my name. And then I'm seeing people just debuting, like what, the other guy, uh, the, sorry, the other day, uh, I'm not too sure what his name is. He's literally just 10, 16 and he was allowed to be I put on as a sub for Borussia Dortmund. Crazy, At 16 crazy. years old. Crazy. That's what, 2004? <laughs> oh my god. Honestly. Wow, that's, yeah, yeah. That's actually insane. Wow. Time's fine. But at the same time, you know what? I disagree with putting um, putting youngsters like that on the pitch. It creates too much pressure on them. In terms that's, of like one, physicality. Yeah. With... Um... The media as well. The minute you make a debut at 16, you're not meant to be held as the next best thing. And every single player has all that pressure when you're under 18 yeah, exactly. and performing. Like, I don't know. I feel sorry for youngsters because, say, for example, Saka, who had a really good season for us last season. If yeah. he doesn't do well this season, he's now got all that pressure of, oh, what happened to young Saka and this and that. It's yeah. not fair. At least Saka's getting game time, to be fair. Yeah, it's crazy. Eighteen and probably our best player at the moment, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, I think it's just the fact that you know, the, like even even just biologically, your body's not fully developed when you're at that age. Your body fully develops when you're in your twenties, like le- early twenties, mid twenties. Yeah, like so. M- M- Tom and a, when he was like eighteen, was like five eight or five nine, and now he's six foot four. 
Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. He did grow over like one season. Yeah, like a like a major growth. That's the thing, and it's like you're putting so much, you know. Okay, I'm not saying so much pressure because he's probably on going on for like thirty minutes or whatnot. But you're you're putting a sixteen year old that's literally still developing his muscles, with, like you know, without getting onto him, he's still developing, and putting mm. him against like Socrates, who's like if he bodies him, he's just like fly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, even that, um, the other one that he went to Dortmund, Jude Bellingham, like. They, they, in the pressure they give him, they retired his number at Birmingham. I don't and understand. Because, just Why? Because he played well. Why would you do that? Like, it kind of makes a mockery of doing that now. It makes a mockery of their club. Yeah. It's not like he's been like there for five, number. ten years. <laughs> he's probably he been in the top legend like, numbers. Yeah, exactly. Worse, because he's he's seventeen. Like yeah, Bellingham is seventeen, and he debuted for England the other day as well. Yeah, and then the, 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 no one will ever be a number twenty-two for Birmingham ever again because Jude Bellingham had one good season <laughs> in the top yeah, squad. Like you, I, 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 is, um, I think he's one of the um, like academy prospects. Oh yeah, yeah, but yeah, still, yeah. that doesn't give an excuse to retire his number. I'm so sorry, <laughs> but like you don't see you don't see Man United retiring Ronaldo's number. I'm sorry, I never mean to go here, but I've seen people that pass away and they don't retire their number. So I don't know why they would do it to for him like that. But but that's I, another thing. Like why why did why did Dortmund buy this? I, I'm okay. I, I've never seen Bellingham properly play, but they like for me just a random kid from Birmingham. Yeah. Yeah, I went to playing in first squad. Yeah, Dortmund love picking these little buys and then selling them off for like 150 million two seasons later. What is Dortmund planning planning with that? Because they've been doing that for quite a while now. They've been doing that for the past ten years, and it's like you do that if you're trying to develop your club. Yeah, how about you actually try to win the league rather than letting Bayern win it every season? (laughs) Every season. It's only fixating on making profit rather than than actually trying to win the league. And it's like, like they know that they're the only ones that have a chance of kind of you know <laughs> r- rivaling with Bayern. Actually, now nah, what did they they got smacked six 0 the other time, right? But the funny thing with Bayern and um, Dortmund, I thought there's such a big gap between them, not even in the table, but between the quality of them that whenever they yeah. play, you think that Dortmund might be able to win the season this season, then they'll get slapped about by. by um, Bayern Munich, and it just shows us like Bayern Munich are just nowhere near um, Dortmund. But uh, like to be completely honest with you, I've watched a couple of Bundesliga matches with Bayern as well, so I've kind of got used to like their way of playing. And I'm going to be honest mm. with you that if Bayern played in any of the top five leagues, they would be on top because yeah. the way that they move the football about, they have so much chemistry within their team, which is quite weird because they have all, all ages in that team, in the first team especially, yeah. going from Alfonso Davies, which is 19. To Neuer and Lewandowski, which are in the 32 33 margin. Yeah. So the fact that but all that glues together and it works is just astonishing. And the way that they play is crazy as well. Like, I've seen the build up play. I was watching them, I think the highlights of them against Dortmund. And it was just, they were just running through them at certain times. Like, I think Lewandowski had like a couple goals ruled out. And just the way yeah. they play is just nowhere near. That's why they won in the Champions League relatively easily as well. Oh, 8-2 against Barcelona <laughs> Embarrassing that is. Semi-final but It's 
Speaking of the boss, should we talk about boss? They're like 10 for 11 for oh, oh, That's been my team. I'm going to be honest with you. That's been my team since I was a kid. Since I was a little kid, yeah. And getting used to them being first, second in the league. Because what? They, they've been first and second for the past 15 seasons, bro. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe maybe third once. I'm not. I'm not too sure on that. I would have to double check. But they've been. I I, I know definitely top three for the past fifteen seasons. And I'm not too sure. You know, they they've they've had ups and downs in the first part of the season before. So they were they they were like you know past the top three. I've seen them past the top three before, but they always make it back up. But this yeah. this time, I'm not too sure if they will. Um. Yeah. And even when I look at Boston. I don't know what's happening with football. It's just me. But don't you just feel like all the top teams just aren't anywhere near as good as they used to be? Like, they got the AC Milan that are nothing. Inter Milan doesn't seem to have what they used to have. Barcelona, even Real Madrid. The quality nah, of the squad aren't what they used to be. 100%. Except, well, except for Milan, because Milan had like a lot of years that they were down, but now they're on top of the league. So, props yeah, to un- them. Undefeated. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Undefeated. Yeah, but no, honestly, you know what? You have to give you have to give credit where it's due. Zlatan Ibrahimovic, that's the new that's the generation of players where you see modernity kicking in. The fact that yeah. they can take care of their bodies better, they'll be able to play for longer. Yeah, like a thirty-nine-year-old has no business being in the top five leagues, being in a team that's undefeated with ten goals in like nine games. Yeah, I don't know. You know what? I think it's maybe maybe even more now because he scored yesterday. <laughs> he go. scored two yesterday, so he's on twelve goals and he's top goal scorer for the league. Like, it's crazy to think that Milan's revival was put in getting him back from the MLS. I thought he was not, I want to say washed, but I thought he couldn't be top level quality like that anymore. He can't no, surely not be able to keep up. Hundred percent. Even when he was going to MLS, we were all. I'm pretty sure everyone was like, "Yeah, like Slatan was good whilst it lasted." And yeah. then only for him to come back well, to Milan as a, you know, as a emergency <laughs> signing, and then be top of the an emergency signing. Not this. Uh-huh. I thought he'd be one of those players who would be on the bench. He's a big name, big personality. Yeah. Would also going in for the last twenty minutes. I didn't think was a little be Yeah. Yeah. This guy starts the games, school take their penalties, it's just crazy. Genuinely crazy. Oh, oh, um, oh my god, they're twelfth. Boston are twelfth. Boston are twelfth. After you know what, after like game after like game week four or five I, I I don't even remember where it was, I stopped checking La Liga. I'm like, you know, it's a bit with that one, it's what can you actually pinpoint there as well? A new manager, maybe that's it. Maybe the yeah. um, you know, the unhappiness or low morale of Messi. Yeah. Anything could be the Just, case. I think a big part of Barcelona's downfall is that their spending has just been silly. They, they spend big money on, like, I'm not quite sure why they decided to swap Arthur for um, Pjanic. Arthur, who's like 23, for Pjanic, who's like 30. Like, I don't need is, to be in charge of a football club to know that that doesn't really make sense to me. That's true. Hundred percent, and it's the fact that they even bought both Coutinho and Dembele for one hundred twenty minimum. <laughs> and then we got Griezmann. He hasn't really performed that they bought for like ninety mil. I forgot about Griezmann. And that's another one hundred twenty mil. That's another yeah. like one hundred mil. For what? For a guy that literally is 
I, I don't know how old Griezmann is. 29, 20, 30? I think he's 30. 29, 29. It's like, even, you know what, yeah? yeah okay, cool. You buy in all these strikers, fair enough. All these, um, like, um, attackers, fair enough. But what's going on with defence? Like, Pete's going on with your flank. For years. Like, are you, who's going to be Jordi Alba's replacement? Like yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, they wanted Umtiti to be next PK, like. I don't understand. I, I don't get... As long as they've not put... They, they're thinking about the now, but they put no thought into anything that's going on in the future for the club. They have yeah. a ridiculous amount of players above 30. And it's all, and it's, yeah. you know what, yeah, and it's all, like, those, those players are the ones that kind of created that club. Like what, Busquets, yeah. uh, Messi, PK, like, they were there since, like, the Guardiola era where they started yeah. taking over Europe. Mm, mm, mm. And, and you know what, I feel sorry for them that they have to play and watch that downfall of Barcelona. I'm not sure for how long, I hope not that long, but this season. Mm. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, not, it's not, a lot of these players that play for these clubs that they're irreplaceable. They haven't been able to replace the Iniesta's, the P, not PK, the um, Xavi's, and they're just not replaceable players. And then they kind of put them with semi likewise players that aren't really cutting it and not really good enough. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I see that as well. But but go, going back to that um, offer situation, that just kind of caught me off guard because at the same time it's like yeah, cool. The one's young, one's old. But it's like Arthur didn't even play that bad for him to be traded. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't like they were doing it for like big money either. It was, it was almost a swap. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, exactly. I, you know what? Juve must have had a party after that trade because what they pulled off is just like <laughs> they got a little twenty-two-year-old or thirty-year-old. But you know what? Yeah, Pjanic's quality. He like, is. he's a quality he player, but of age. Going to of age. Yeah. Just the thought process behind it, I didn't get it. How did you find the football with the pandemic? Did you watch much of it, or was it not? Because I know you play for was... university as well, right? You play recreation the other uh, Yeah. So, are you talking about playing or watching, say? Um, uh, why not both? Why not both? We'll start with um, playing. So I would do. I started it when I went to um, uni. I started doing it um, every Wednesday. We'd have like a different game. We'd play futsal and it was like a league. It wasn't like the official like Bucks league for the uni, but yeah. it was like a recreational football. But I was still taking semi seriously, kind of like um, Sunday league or something like that. And I was okay. really enjoying it. And also along with that is like I was doing taekwondo. So then going to the campus being fit by walking around doing the taekwondo doing football it's good for your like your health like mentally as well you're always doing oh, you're always like, occupied you're not cooped up in your room and the pandemic came and it just devastated everyone really and yeah there was no there was no football to watch the, the, march and april was a, a very sad time <laughs> it was there was nothing going on in in, in the tv everyone had like, to rely on netflix or just playing games I've never played Fortnite like I did in the pandemic, and I never yeah, will. honestly. That pandemic, it just changed, like, I think it had, you know what, I'm not sure if it's a good impact or a bad impact, but it definitely had an impact on the sports world and how it's going to perceive, like, situations like that from now on. Yeah, like, 
financially really ruined a lot of clubs. Yeah. Like, clubs think Spurs made like made lost like sixty million last season because of the pandemic where they would have gained on the season before that they gained a profit of sixty million. So they literally gone completely. But is that what is that just shirt sales and merchandise or are we talking about like I don't know, T V rights? Uh, I'll be honest, I don't fully know. Maybe it might be yeah. um, the actual people going to the stadium, season tickets and all that season kind of stuff. Season tickets as well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. A lot, yeah. I, I forgot what it's like to even have fans in the stadium now when I'm watching football live. We kind of got used to it, innit? So many years yeah. watching fans being there chanting and now when it's just empty, you kind of still hear them because they put it on like in the background, but you don't yeah, see anything. Yeah. You don't see yeah. anyone. And you can never authenticate the um, actual sound because, like, for example, a, a derby game, like Arsenal Spurs or something like that, you can't replicate with fake audio from years ago and everything because it is not the same. I've literally yeah, watched the, the fans rally up their team to actually go and do a comeback and things like that. It's not the yeah. same feeling now for the players. The players don't yeah. get that extra the support from the fans that they can feel in here. Yeah, it's intriguing what the players must be going through. Mm, mm. When 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 they when you know when they interview them and um, they talk about the matches, they always say that it's it's a weird feeling playing without fans. Yeah, it's like even when you're watching, it feels like a training match if you don't have the um, fake crowd audio in the background. Like, you yeah, know, you hear them speak and everything is the same. It's like even even with the. Um, Champions League final that happened uh, during the pandemic when it was uh, Bayern Munich PSG it just didn't feel right it was stale 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 I would have have rather just not watch that match and watch it like I don't know two months three months later just with fans yeah yeah and it didn't help that the match was 1-0 as well yeah that was was, honestly that was one of the most boring finals I thought that Bayern Munich are going to have that in their pocket just straight up but yeah. PSG gave them a fight, which is, you know what, fair enough on them. PSG is such a weird team for me. I just, minus the... Yeah, you know what? Mark, yeah, that's they true. They just don't have that much that should... I don't feel like they probably even would have made it to a um, Champions League final. Their, their route to the final was a little bit easier than the Bayern Munich route. They, the they got allowed us that so badly, that route, you know. <laughs> yeah, because it was, it was Leipzig they had to play and... Atalanta. Yeah. Like, the teams that you wouldn't even, like, predict to win. Yeah. Yeah. And then even when the final came, like, Neymar went missing. And funny enough, on, on the run to the final, Neymar was actually going missing in a few games. Like, he was playing well, but clinically, he just wasn't there. Yeah. He was always that, like, you know, he dribbled past a couple of players and then lose the ball. But then that doesn't give mm. you the score, innit? You have to get the score. Mbappe played well. Mbappe played really yeah. well. But that's what I was gonna say. For for their money, for what PSG has in terms of in terms of income and finance, I would have expected them to be a top club by now. Like, you know what I think? Say so, say they put the big money into the Neymar and the Mbappe. But it feels like yeah, they just yeah. don't care after that. Like cheap promoting and things like that. Like, how does cheap promoting go from Stoke to PSG? I genuinely yeah. do not know. That's and now it's just going from PSG <laughs> to Bayern. To Bayern. He's got like the world's greatest agent. Honestly, honestly, his agent must have done some mad deal with him. But that's the thing, exactly. Yeah. It's just like, but that's that's okay. Chief promoting is a striker, but what about the defensive midfield? Like, say this season, like those um, big bids and everything, looking like Koulibaly. 
PSG have the money. They didn't even like. There's nothing like they even looked at Koulibaly. Like, they knew Thiago Silva was leaving, who's been there for years. Yeah. They just didn't get a major like centre back. And I don't get it because they have money. Like they just spend their money on weird things. Nah, it's true. It's true. And then they get washed like. They get washed players as well coming into their team and, you know, playing first squad. Like, for example, Burnout. Burnout was a yeah. bit of, like, you know, I remember Burnout when he was playing at Bayern Munich. And when I tell you that he did not perform to that standard, he did not perform. And for him yeah. to only go to PSG and start playing for them in the first squad, that just shows how much of a joke PSG is. All their board is. Yeah. And like, Idris Gay, he was playing for Everton, wasn't playing particularly well. He started off CDM for PSG. PSG seems to be the team you go to and you're not playing that well. Yeah, your- honestly, what's going on with them? They want to be that, you know, they want to get out of that Farmers League sort of mentality, go into the Champions League, win some games, but nothing's going on. Yeah. You have Verratti, which is your only good midfielder, like, well, like close to world-class midfielder that you have. Everyone else is just a bit all over the place. When I look at this squad, I feel like they've got, like, six quality. They've got Mbappe, Neymar, I'll, I'll I'll include Cardi as well, Verratti, yeah. probably Marquinhos, and maybe Kylian Navas. So Kylian Navas quite. Oh yeah, Di Maria, Di Maria as well. Yeah. Yeah. But then the rest of the squad is look at them. I'm just like, this kind of mess. Like, I just look at the squad like, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> you're uh, five and play for PSG, and I've never heard of you before. Let me actually look through the squad. The squad has just random players. And this literally just came to my mind as well. Um, We're mentioning them buying, like, you know, fairly average players. But what about them selling good players? Because when I tell you, Mm. Thomas Minir was a very good uh, fullback for them. He was scoring Mm. and he was assisting. Mm. And what happened to him? They ended up trading him. I don't think anyone goes from a PSG to... I'm not sure where where did Thomas Mineiro go? Was it like Marseille? Oh, you went to you went to Dortmund. Dortmund. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I can't lie, it's still a, a bit of a step down, just purely because Dortmund don't have the team to like actual actually rival with the big ones, whilst yeah. PSG semi have. But the fact that they got rid of an actual good player just blew my mind away. Yeah, I, like I'm looking for the squad, and I can't believe they employ some of these people. When was the last time Levan Kazawa did anything of note? Yeah, that's an, yeah, that's true. They've got what's really Julian Draxler, who was meant to be the next greatest thing, who has done nothing about five years. That's what I was gonna mention to you as well, is the wasted talent. Julian Draxler, yeah. when he was back in Wolfsburg, very good player. Very good attacking mm-hmm. midfielder. Even when he played for Germany, um uh younger and inter- and um, senior levels, he was performing mm. well. Mm-hmm. Come then, to PSG, different story. And they, they, they still employ like Jesse Rodriguez and the Real Madrid star who meant to be on par with Ronaldo. And they've loaned him out yes, four times. Four times they've loaned I have him not out. heard of that. And he's back at the club. I, they really do boggle my mind in the squad. Like even and they, the squad is very old. And the Herrera, how does he go from United to PSG? Yeah. What about Moise Keane? Was sitting on the bench for Everton, <laughs> but then got brought by PSG. Like, to, to show you how bad Moise Keane was last season, he came on as a sub and got substituted without being injured. That's how bad he was playing, and he just goes to PSG. My days. 
quite literally, if you play for a decent team and you're not having a good time, here at PSG, you know, probably buy you. Honestly, I don't understand what is going on. But they, they did make one good signing over the summer. Florenzi. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A right so back. They wanted to replace Munia. They replaced Munia with another right back. So they replaced with, a good right back with another yeah. good right back. So you replaced a good right back with a good right back. Well done, for, well done, PSG. Rather than replacing then your not-so-good left back with an actually good left back. It's just, you know, but even looking at the midfield, like, I'm I'm not going to lie, but Sarabia, like, what, in Sevilla, he didn't play well, and now he's in, now he's in uh, PSG. Yeah, Danilo Pereira, he's been sitting in the Portuguese league for all these years, he's 29, and he's going to PSG. Danilo Pereira looks like a buyer that if he was still playing that long in the Portuguese league, he should probably go to a team like an Everton. Ones that'd be like, oh, that might be a good signing for them. You know how he ends up for the biggest team in France. I'm glad we actually started talking about PSG because it opened my eyes very well, very wide, and I'm pretty sure it opened your eyes because I'm literally just just deepening how much of a joke this team is. This is supposed <laughs> to be a team which is representing France and at the same time rivaling for European Cups, mm-hmm. and they decide to buy Danilo Pereira from the Portuguese league, mm-hmm. and, and, and the they wonder why just, they. Oh, it's embarrassing. And like they wonder why they like they lost their last game to fucking to uh, Monaco. They were like yeah, they two did. up and lost. Yeah, and, <laughs> and Fabregas, which is like thirty four, had to come on and actually like change the game. Fabregas came on and changed the game against PSG. Fabregas hasn't been at the top level since he left Chelsea like three years ago. Well, hey, look, look, look what they even done with their goalkeepers. They they bought Kaylo Navas in and they bought Sergio Rico in and they got rid of Alphonse Areola. Yeah, and he's not playing for Fulham. <laughs> I, I don't. I really don't get the transfer policy. They sell to weird teams. They buy from weird teams. They buy weird players. I, I don't get it. I really, really don't get uh, it. Yeah, it's the it's the fact that Ariola was actually playing all right for them as well. That's just so. Yeah. Like oh yeah, because they did the swap Ariola for Kaylor Navas, and that was. <laughs> no, was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, Ariola went to. He went to Real Madrid on loan, and he was the backup to Courtois, and then he went back to PSG, and they sold him to Fulham, I think. Oh my days! Well, you know what? At least he ended league. up winning the La Liga with with Real Madrid, so props to him for that. True. He was sitting and on like, the bench and got the La Liga, so. Ariola is twenty-seven, and he killed another thirty-three. But even the choice in the managers that they get, like Emery, Thomas Tuchel, <laughs> these are like just. These are just guys that, you know, took over one team, done pretty well with them, but that's it. Bear in mind, since Allegri has left um, Juve, how's no one hit him up? And now they they don't have bad managers. They just have, like, the manager that you can see will not take them to the winning Champions League level. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When the trouble means nothing for them, because they do it every other season. It's true. What's the point? Like, yeah, I agree, hundred percent. It's like actually concentrate on what's important to you. Mm-hmm. At least when Bayern Munich win the trouble, they actually win the Champions League with it. <laughs> nah, you know that Bayern team is a joke. Like, they actually like what? They're on the way of winning the sixth title if like, they win the FIFA Club World Cup. Like, I I don't get. I I don't understand how they could possibly replace um 
who was it, Ribery and Robin, and they're not getting Sonny and Nabry, and they're just literally <laughs> almost like reincarnated. So just, it's perfect. I, I look at their squad, and man for man, I'm just like, wow. And you know what? You know what? And I'm just like, if, wow. <laughs> if one of them's tired, oh, that's fine. We got Coleman on the bench. He's <laughs> got a couple of fresh, fast legs. Oh, uh, you know what? If you're so tired, how about we bring a Douglas Costa? <laughs> This squad is utterly ridiculous. Like, man for man. I, you know what? I forgot about Douglas Costa. You're right. Like, it's genuinely crazy. And then the thing with it as well, their store's got so much youth. Like, they've got, like you said, they've got a good balance between, like, the Boateng, Lewandowski, yeah. the Mullers, and the higher end. But they've got Alfonso Davies is 20, Lucas Hernandez 24, Sule is 25, Talisa's 26, Comer's 24, Kimmich 25. The host, they got so much good players that are young. Like, Did you know that Coleman is... Um, I, I just remember because you said that. Coleman is 24 and he's won a championship in every single league. Yeah. Every single season that he played. Yeah, but he's never not won the league. Yeah. And he's won That's two French insane. leagues, two Italian leagues, and I think like five to, with Bayern, four with Bayern Munich now. And then he goes over to the Champions League, scoring the goal in the final. Yeah, exactly. After coming back from a serious injury where he actually thought mm-hmm. of uh, retiring. Yeah. And if he didn't get injured before, he would have won the like, 2018 World Cup as well. He would have basically yeah. won all there is to win at 24. It's true. He's got left to conquer England. That's literally it. Wait, hold up. He didn't get selected uh, for... For 2018. No, I think he was injured. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or he was just not performing well or something. But yeah, he didn't get selected. I know Martial did, but he didn't. Crazy. Genuinely crazy. It's that Like, that's, that's what... Sh- I think um, all the teams in the world, that's, this is why buying are so, buying are so good. They're starting 11, fantastic. And every player they can bring off the bench are fantastic. Yeah. Wait, let me. I'm gonna let me read their bench from the last game. They, they drew it, but doesn't mean they won the league. Yeah, go their on. bench had like Goretzka, Sane, Chupamoting, Nabri, and these were players like Alfonso Davies is injured, Kimmich is injured, Talisa is injured, and they're still able to field a very good eleven and a good three, four people on the bench that would start for any other club. Really, I'm telling you, this club is a joke. Like the depth that they have is incredible. I don't know. I don't know who rules their board. I, no, um, it's Rumenige that I think uh, rules their board. But he's doing a great like whoever's running their board is doing a great job, definitely. Because I was like, you know, as, as a as a Lewandowski fan. Sorry to interrupt you. Just as a Lewandowski fan, I've been following Bayern for like a couple of years now. Do you know what I mean? Like I obviously yeah, wanted yeah. to win UCL just purely for him to win it, sort of thing. So over the past couple of years, when I've seen them, you know, exit. You, you see well from stupid games, from stupid silly mistakes like Vidal getting a red card in the 20th minute to actually see him <laughs> dominate the whole actual Champions League, it was incredible. Yeah, the only sad thing about it was that they didn't have the fans when they finally able to like fully do it again. Yeah, that's true. And the, the big thing was um their new manager that they brought in. Like, I know they sacked the manager I think at the start of last season. And yeah, he fans Done 50 games as manager for Bayern Munich, won 45, drew two, and lost three. And lost three, yeah. 
Nah, crazy stat, crazy stat. Hansi Flick is a definitely like is a is a sick manager, but um, he does have a lot of experience. He was he was the assistant manager to Joachim Löw for how many years, and they've won oh, you know they've won World Cup together as well. So mm-hmm. in a way, he knew kind of some of these players as well. But you know that's no excuse. That's a perfect mm-hmm. excuse just for just for success if if you think about yeah. it, because he knew how to direct these players at this point. Mhm. Like, like you can see. They've got quality players, but like you said, their system is immaculate. Like, when I watch their goals build up, I'm just like, each player knows exactly what they're doing, where to run, where to be, and just, they do it to a perfect level. Yeah. They're literally fascinating to watch. And they have, um, uh, that, uh, that young Englishman, wasn't Jamal, Jamal Mushawa, I think? Musiala? Yeah, I think he started last game. Yeah, Musiala, yeah. He's yeah, 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 yeah. He doesn't, he's not even technically part of the main squad. I'm just looking here. He's still part of the Bayern Munich um, two team. Yeah, he feels like I know for this season, season he fully like he's like I think he's had like five appearances already and scored like crazy. as well. Yeah, crazy. Scored two goals. Yeah, six games. Yeah, wow. That's actually really crazy. It's good time to be a Bayern Munich fan. No, definitely. But it's upsetting to see that sort of thing. Like, okay, with with Premier League, excluding Premier League, because Premier League is having a, 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 like, I'm really enjoying this season. I like the fact that there's no, you know, um, no pure win or anything like that. Like everyone's kind of like balanced level in a way. But when mm. you work, when you watch Bundesliga or or League One in France, it's just like you see that dominance from just these two teams. Yeah, yeah. Even in Italy, Juve won the league like nine years in a row. Yes, yeah, 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 exactly. Sorry, I didn't include Juve because um, I know, like, I, I know Juve is not on top right now. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. Nine, nine in a row—that's crazy. I wouldn't want to like support a team in the league knowing that you have no prospects or chance of a contender because the main team is too good. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I don't feel that's a nice feeling. Just think like, about it. If you're like a Stuttgart fan. Yeah, go on, sorry. No, sorry. Um, I was going to say, within last season when Liverpool did it, that's the closest thing we got to a team being that you knew they won the league almost the get-go. They yeah. didn't lose a game until, like, March. Yeah, that's true. They they only had, like, what, two losses until that time? Uh, yeah, like, like, they're undefeated in, um, at home in, like, four years. Ma- yeah. Mar- Sadio Mane has never lost a game at home. He's never lost that. And- <laughs> How insane is that? Bear in mind, yeah, that they played one of those games against a Barcelona team and they were all 3-0 down and he still didn't lose. I can't believe that happened. You How can what? you blow a 3-0 lead? I'm angry at Usman Dembele because in the first game, in the 90th minute, he was clear through and he had a big chance to make it 4-0 and he fluffed his line. Bro, let me tell you, the other day, literally, that's the funny thing, is two, three days ago, I was watching that match. I was watching the highlights that BT Sport put on YouTube. And um, I was watching the highlights of that match and I saw that situation as well. And I remember how crucial that situation was and people were getting pissed off back then. At it. And I was watching it and I'm like, wow, like this team is actually like, what? Messi just banged a beautiful free kick in to make it 3-0. That is, this is like, this is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I can't lie, the next, the, ne- the next video was the other match, 4-0 match. I, like, I, I closed the application. I was not watching that. Uh, uh, I think, yeah... I, I, Barcelona have that in them to just really like lose big. Even when against Roma the year before, where they should oh. just not be losing that game. 
Exactly. And that was a similar situation as well compared to what you said about Dembele. There was a similar situation with Suarez where he didn't score in the first match. As a Messi fan, I really wanted him to what's it called, get one more Champions League before he retired. And I feel like Barca tried so hard. Year after year, something always happens. Like yeah. 8-2 is a joke. You should never, ever, ever be losing 8-2 Not in the Champions League. Not in a semi-final anyway. That, that's just not right. <laughs> I don't know what happened that time. Was like what? What would you even? What would you even target? What would you even blame there? I, it's eleven versus eleven. eleven. It's not like they had eight players on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Like as a man, I I don't know. Pride wise, I could not let like obviously one man can't do it with one change, but like each one together. How are you letting them just keep running through you? Yeah. In my head, when I see, say when um, Liverpool scored their second goal, and you're kind of thinking, you know what, the energy's coming, the fans are booming, they're coming back. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Forget trying to score. Let's just bulk up and not let them pass. Yeah, you're exactly. A big team. You're not like you're a little team that they're running over. You go to their ground and be like, you know what? We don't need to score. We're already up by God. At least be aware. At least be aware. Don't let 20-year-old Alexander-Arnold take a quicker free kick. Hey. Uh, sorry, take a corner kick. <laughs> oh. How have you let Divock, Origi and Junior Wijnaldum just knock you out of the Champions League? <laughs> I, I, you know insane. Props to Origi. He ended up scoring in the final as well. So. The figure agrees as well. He celebrates like he doesn't know that he scored in the Champions League final. He kind of just was like, it, was, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He did have that sort of reaction. You're right. You just get to just run oh, to the corner flag. I would. I'm, I'm oh, like, I, don't even know. I think I would do laps around the pitches if I scored I'm, in the UCL final. UCL finals, and that there was a second goal to confirm the win. My shirt's going off, and I'm jumping into the fans. Yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> taking. If I already have a yellow, I'm taking that second yellow. At least we have two. I think I'll, I'll send me off. I'll come back out when the trophy is yeah. ready. <laughs> That's insane. And this guy's just like, well, yeah. Nah, crazy. crazy. That was. That was. That was um. That match, that final, has a lot of um, mixed reviews as well. A lot of people saying it was a yeah. boring match, and I bl- like I see that as well. Yeah. You know, when was, so what was the Champions League? Bef- I think they haven't had a good Champions League final since Real Madrid Liverpool, where Carrius had a mare. So that was, like was three. Yeah, that was three then... like three finals ago, basically. Yeah, so we've had we've had haven't had like a big like nice final. I just feel like the the feeling of finals are changing, you know? Like, do you remember back, back to, obviously, probably a great moment for you, but Chelsea-Bayern. The feel of that final, as a football fan, my, I hate Chelsea, and I had goosebumps when Didier <laughs> Drogba scoring a 90 minute. I had the game, I was watching that game, and I had the game done. Like, I was like, there's no, like, yeah, Bayern, Bayern's got it. I see that powerful header from Drogba going just below the crossbar. Wow. <laughs> the, the craziest thing with it was, it was against like a prime Neuer and it just he literally jumped and it couldn't have been any more of a better header than I've ever seen. He got there's, so there's, much hey. spin in the top corner that he couldn't save it. Look at look at how many factors are coming in. As you're saying, it's a it's a prime Neuer. It's at the Bayern stable. The final was actually in it, Munich. It was, it was yep, yep. It was in Munich. It was 89th minute and it was a corner kick and he ended up scoring it. 
the craziest thing was like it was almost as if that game went to a script for Chelsea to win. It was like a you know like the movie moments like when in Karate Kid when he finally wins it right at the end. It was literally like they were Chelsea because you knew Drogba knew it was his last game before he came back a second time. But it was going to be his last game. It was actually a movie. He saved you from in a in a penalty shoot as well. Yeah, he's got the right final kick win. <laughs> Genuinely crazy. Nah, I don't have a good memory of Drogba, definitely. For Chelsea. Yeah. Big game player. Very oh. good, like, well, like game player, just just a clutch player. The the fact that... That that team, that Chelsea team, had a lot of potential. Even they, what? They went into the 2008 Champions League final, which... Oh, that that's quite upsetting as well. I ended up crying that time. <laughs> that's what John Terry is telling <laughs> like you're fight in the fight it's like a slip you slip and you're the captain and it wasn't like it was just to save you or to keep up it was the one to win it and he slips you know what's worse Ronaldo what? didn't score his one Ronaldo yeah. was the first yeah, one to didn't. take and he missed it Yep. So that was, yep. if if Chelsea, I'm telling you, if Chelsea won that, because I'm a, like I'm a Messi over the Ronaldo fan. If Messi, if well, sorry, if Chelsea won that, I would have been over the moon. Yeah, yeah. And now what? Ten, twelve years later, Ronaldo's on five Champions Leagues. <laughs> yeah, one of three years in a row. Oh, that is just, you know what? Whenever I think of that, it just puts tears to my eyes. Like, how did three different teams? Yeah. Juve, Atletico and Liverpool all decide to, yeah, let's just let, and, give these guys another Champions League trophy. And I think the one that annoyed me as well was, the, I think it was the Atletico versus um, Real Madrid one. Because it was really tight until that West Ham Rama scored a header and an extra time came and he just obliterated them in the second, in the extra time. Yeah, it's like all the morale just went down during that little break. It was, uh, I don't know what the gaffer said to them, but... Oh, I remember that game. I know it, it's very weird because that was like the what? That was the 90th, 90th minute as well. So I, you know what? I kind of don't blame them for the morale going down because if you think about it, you, you're thinking that you have the game in hand, and then mm. literally for a little corner and Ramos just bullets a <laughs> bullets a header into the goal. Oh, wait, Champions League final. As a Barcelona, yeah. that was really upsetting to see Real Madrid just winning all these years. Hmm. What do you think of Real Madrid now? Yikes! Uh, they when they won it last season, it's almost like they they played well but didn't play well at the same time. That makes sense. Like defensively, they were really good. Yeah. And they they kind of but they basically capitalized on Barcelona kind of bottling. Yeah. That's that's and the main then, factor. There. I think they just capitalized the fact that Barcelona was just out form for the last part of the season. Yeah, and then we've had Hazard go there. He's been. Overweight, injured, overweight again, and injured again. And how do you go from Chelsea? How do you go from no? Sorry, how do you go from a Europa League winning team, Chelsea, where you were the star player, to Real Madrid, where mm-hmm. they classified as overweight? Like what happened in that summer? I've never felt more anger than seeing Eden Hazard in that in Baku when we got obliterated four one. Like he, he quite literally just put a team in his back, and everyone was playing well with him, and he just ran it. And then, yeah. like, two months, three months later, he's now, like, not fit enough to play for Real Madrid. I enjoyed that summer a bit too hard. Yeah, honestly, I don't understand. What what happened there? What what caused him to, like, I don't know. But, um, well, did, 
Do they give him a diet after that? Because until this day, it's, he's, he hasn't been back and forth. Yeah, he, 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 he I think he's had two big injuries since being there as well. So I guess when you're injured as well, you, you can't really yeah, eat it's a, bit yeah, and it's eating more. He's no longer to put over in London's nonsense weather, so, you know. Yeah, he's now in sunny Madrid. You know, one part that I always think about when it comes to football, it always boggles my mind when, like, a player goes from, like, a beautiful, like, city of, like, Madrid to, like, randomly be chilling in Stoke. Like, I can't yeah. imagine, like, for me, James Rodriguez moving from Madrid to, like, he now lives in Liverpool. I don't know, in my head it always feels weird to see these players go from certain teams to certain places. And now do, you remember, do you remember Nolito? Nolito. Oh, the one who played for um, City? Yeah, so Nolito yeah. played for City for, what, a year? Maybe two years? Two seasons, if I'm not, if I'm not correct? Yeah. I think it was one. Why do you think he played there for so short? <laughs> <laughs> he hated I mean, the weather there. Think... Him and his family couldn't find their, couldn't find their life there, basically. His, his wife was, like, you know, unhappy there. And he just, what, ended up moving back to Sevilla with that? Or was it yeah, Valencia? Yeah. One of those teams. But just basically back to Madrid. or um, Sorry, not Madrid. Back to Spain. Yeah. That's the same kind of thing with um, Di Maria. Di Maria went from Madrid to Manchester. And even his wife until the day, they can't stand Manchester. I'm Manchester United. They hate it. Yeah. The weather, the everything. I remember they, they kind of were shot. They were shunned all the way people, the English people were dressing and all that kind of stuff. And they felt really dirty or something along those lines. Nah, no, I know, I know. Then he goes from Manchester to Paris. Ah, oh, you, you know what? Yeah, like it's funny looking for for people that are for like me and you that live in England. You know, we're kind of used to it because we've been here from an early age. But seeing yeah. these, you know, big professional stars coming from sunny sides like Madrid <laughs> to little Manchester where it rains every two days. Like, it, it's funny. If you see any of the players that have come new and you see them in like training sessions and stuff like that, everyone's wearing like, t-shirts. They're cold, you know. They're freezing when it comes to like October yeah. when the season starting. <laughs> but then but again, then, yeah, I included Nolito. Then you have David Silva on the other spectrum, where he spent ten years, like on the other side of the spectrum, <laughs> where he spent ten years with Man City. Yes, and uh, um, Aguero as well. Like this, and Aguero, like, yeah, yeah. yeah we're from Madrid to chilling in like, Manchester for goodness how many years. Well, obviously, Manchester is bad, and obviously they're rich, so they probably don't engage with like the poor sides or anything with this. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But still, just me, I just can't imagine that they were spending their day to day probably be able to go to the beach, speaking Spanish, and having a like, lovely time to come on over here and just living in moody, <laughs> moody <laughs> Manchester. To go into Cornwall for the for yeah, the summer holiday. There's always like. But when the players move as well, you know, they're like deep, like they're kids, and just engaging with all these Spanish ones, and blah, blah, blah. Now they move to a different country, you know, you've got engaged with all these now English little chaps. <laughs> with Jamie's and Jeff. <laughs> oh. Oh, Mr. James, real quick. Honestly, if you know, whoa, yeah, like it's not the same name. Man, they call you out in the register. They're expecting hammers, and they call you James. Now I remember first when it was um, World Cup 2014, and when like Hamas Rodriguez first started becoming like you know an international star, mm-hmm. and when he was scoring all these goals, and it was like um, I don't remember what match it was, but I remember like the next the next the next day or what night it was our school, it was school time, and I remember I was just just saying James Rodriguez, James Rodriguez, and someone told me it's Hammers. 
And I was like, whoa, does that name even look Spanish to you for them to even have the pronunciation? Where does that come from? But now, you know, now it's normal with James Rodriguez, but before it was just like... Yeah. Bit of an outlet. James Rodriguez. Yeah. It's funny. Now it sounds the weird. English, hey. Yeah, yeah. I don't, saying James Rodriguez doesn't sound right. Yeah. But it's funny, because that kind of sparked almost a little bit of a cult culture around the name James and James, that you had people who wasn't Spanish calling themselves James as a joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's a, you know what, yeah, he's a quality player, though. I'll give him yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, I don't know what Real Madrid's done. Crazy. Yeah, Real Madrid. I don't know. Like they they slowed him down to the point where you know when he was on the bench, it was just it was just sad to see him there. No wonder he wanted to go to like Bayern Munich for two years because at least he got a bit of game time going on. Like it's kind of a semi-regular thing for Real Madrid as well. They kind of Real Madrid as well. They kind of just buy and then they almost just don't think that like, their midfield is stacked for them to be able to. Get rid of Hammers, learn Bale, learn Ceballos, and still yeah. have like God knows how many midfielders that they still have with Asensio, Isco, um, yeah. Odegaard. What about what about the like? Look at the wingers. Look how many wingers they've bought, and how mm-hmm. many like how many strikers? What it was two two season or like last last transfer window, two transfers window ago, when it was mm-hmm. um, you know when they bought uh. Rodrigo, they bought, I, I think they had Vinicius already, but they got Hazard, they ended up getting Lukijovic, and I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. Why are you getting so many players? For what? Like, all these attackers, for no real reason. Like, with, um, like, what was the other one? Like, when they sold Ronaldo, they bought, like, this guy, like, Mariano, had one good season in France. They gave him Ronaldo's yeah. shirt, and they were like, what? Yeah, I remember that, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, exactly. And they bought him as well. And I was just thinking, like, this. There is, is, you know, okay, fair enough, you want depth in your team, but at the same time, you're kind of killing these guys' careers, in a way, for those that are staying on the bench anyway. Like, Luka Jovic, yeah. uh, sorry, Luka Jovic. You know, when he was playing for Eintracht Frankfurt, the uh, season prior to that, he was playing sick, he was playing very good. Even for Serbia nowadays, he still plays, and he still plays good. But, mm-hmm. is he put, like, when, when was the last time Real Madrid put him up? They put up, they put up Vinicius Junior, who then gets, you know, um, Chatted uh, behind his back by uh, Benzema. Oh, Benzema. <laughs> Benzema, a big 32 year old. Benzema said he's that. against us. <laughs> oh. I can't do you believe know about the um, Benzema Valbuena scandal? I do, yeah. I like, do, I do. That was. Um, Benzema is the. Oh. That was for what? That was um, blackmailing so, <laughs> with something. Yeah. Yeah, he blackmailed his nudes or sex tape or something like that, and that's why it's something like why he never never plays for France or anything anymore. And yeah, 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 yeah. But um, since then Valbuena didn't even play, but I I don't think that's because of that. But yeah, Benzema uh, didn't come back to the team since that time. Yeah, <laughs> Benzema's got that personality, which you can kind of just tell he's arrogant. Yeah, it's so true. He, like, and his Instagram, he's always got like some form of him in like his Ferraris or Lamborghinis. He's always like his big shoe and Benzema's an interesting guy. And he's um, what's that? What like he's like he? I think he he played a vital role in like you know them winning all those UCL championships, like you know championship. Yeah. Yeah. But it's you like it's his attitude towards football that's just a bit you know iffy. Yeah, yeah. Like, 
no matter how someone's playing for your team, you cannot be a professional and the mid-match be telling another two, don't pass the ball to him, he's against us. You just can't do that. Especially, you're, he's like, Vinicius is a youngster and um, you're like a big grown senior player. You're like one of the oldest players there. Yeah, if anything, you should like, I you know, take him to the side and tell him like, stop doing this. <laughs> and not talk like, in another language where you know that the other guy is not going to understand. Like, he's literally next to... Like, he's your strike partner, in essence. You're the strike, he's the winger. If you yeah. want something done, I'm sure that you know enough... Like, what... Like, what he's Brazilian, but I'm sure they probably can speak a common Spanish. Yeah. I don't know. I, that just rubs me the wrong way. And as you as a person, the shows are not really good. Imagine you you just come to a club, you're not having a good game, but a block. But one of the senior players is just there bitching <laughs> about you to someone else. <laughs> and you only find out through Instagram... <laughs> Where people are actually commenting on it already. It's just crazy. And I think, you know what, like, look at Isco, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful talent. Beautiful player. I'm I'm sorry, but Isco, like, in terms of, like, his style of play, I really enjoy watching him. Because he's so entertaining. Technical, quick. On the ball, beautiful. Nice, nice, you know, nice passes, everything. But, on the bench for Real Madrid. Yeah. yeah, I don't... If I you're not going to use them, just sell them. Because they, they lose vital years of just chilling there. Yeah. But, like, Real Madrid's midfield, they have loads. They have loads. And they still haven't really replaced the ageing players at all. They've got, what, Modric is 35, Cruz is 30. This goes on 28, wow. Even Lucas Vasquez, that winger, he's 29. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Face of a baby. <laughs> yeah, I know. Lucas Vasquez has been in the squad for a while now as well, yeah. Yeah, he does, yeah. He's, he's kind of like a role yeah. player. He's a role player for Real Madrid, I would say. Yeah. Certain people, they know their ability. You know you're never going to be Real Madrid's main starting winger. But you're enough to let you play the Copa del Rey and all of that. Yeah. You, you, you do your part. What do you think of um, England's youngsters? That's sort of like the last question for of the of the podcast. They're, when I look at England, I, they have lots of young and they've got like they, let me actually look at them because they've got a lot of like who is it? You've got Jane Sancho who's young. You've got Sterling yeah. who's young ish. You like senior young. That makes like the twenty fourth round there. You've got Rashford who's still young, but. I don't know if it's Gareth Southgate or not. England's a team that doesn't seem to be moulded well together whatsoever. They, they should be on course-ish to contest for the Euros next season. Yeah. But... Uh, you know what, yeah? I think, I think they, they could. I think they, they could. I, I think they 100% should. They should. Whatever yeah. they do, I feel like we'll see what Gareth Southgate puts them out. But I was watching... I see some of the lineups and I'm like, is Gareth Southgate will put like... We've got three at the back, but then the three and five at the back, depending how you play, is kind of the same thing nowadays. And then yeah. they play that two centre mid, like, and the two centre mids, we had Declan Rice and Jordan Henderson. Like, where are they attacking <laughs> out there? Why do you have, like, seven defensive players? Harry Kane up top. Against the Mount, who always has to play. What was the team that they were playing against? That's a funny thing as well. Oh, yeah, let me, let me get up England, actually, on here. The last game it wasn't they played they did play Belgium and they lost 2-0. I think it was Iceland. It might have been Iceland then. Oh, yeah. They, they, they did <laughs> play 
Wait, no, I need to find one where they've got like a proper defensive out lineup. It was here. It is it was they, when they lost to Denmark in in Nations League. They had yeah. Kyle Walker defensive, Connor Curry defensive, Maguire yeah. defensive, Reese James defensive, Declan Rice defensive, the um, Calvin Phillips defensive, and Ainsley Maitland announced he was playing like a wing back, so semi defensive, <laughs> but it was meant to semi transition into attack. And yeah. then you got Mason Mount. Rashford and Harry Kane. I don't know, like the formation, everything is weird with England. And I don't know when they're gonna finally drop Jordan Pickford because he's not a good goalkeeper. Who would you have him replace? Pope. I think Pope is better. I, I think Dean Henderson's better. I feel sorry for Dean Henderson. Let him Man United should let him go. A young uh, player like that you... for him to stay on the bench. Come on. He didn't have a good season in Sheffield for no reason, guys. Yeah. I think the only thing with um, Henderson is that he's probably been promised, especially with the way David De Gea is playing. That essentially, you sign a contract, you are the next goalkeeper. Yeah. You stay here, you are guaranteed to be the, essentially a successor. Then, yeah. And he's successor. young enough to be able to wait for it. Kind of like Gabriel Jesus. Gabriel Jesus probably promised Aguero was thrown afterwards. So he's just like mad as well. Why? <laughs> <laughs> <Gabriel> hey. <laughs> we're like, well. <laughs> Chill, getting earning, the chilling on the bench, maybe play a game every so often. <laughs> well, he plays so a lot of games as well, though. Yeah. It was funny about Dean Henderson. He finally yeah. plays a game for United, and it was in the Champions League, and I don't know if you saw Denver goal, where United probably did the worst defending I've ever actually seen from a corner. Have you, have you seen, I've seen it? This. Basically, so it's a corner, and it was. It was when United were in that bad form and everyone was talking about them and Maguire's everything was going on in his okay, yeah, um, yeah. in his life and everything. When so they got yeah. a corner and then it's like the twenty something minutes, like it's still early in the first half, nil nil. They've hit the corner in, blah blah. They've put every single player almost in the box, in <laughs> around the box region. And all they've had is Dembo Bar basically chilling at the halfway line. Obviously he's in his own half, so he's still on side. They just thumped it to him and he just ran through on goal. As if it's kind of like when, what's it called, Torres scored against Barcelona. Like yeah, that. yeah. Oh, wait. So, oh, so Man U- Manchester United had the corner. And they had every yeah, single player. Yeah, Man United play. had the corner. <laughs> like, the whole back line was like in the box or anything and around it. Yeah. So when Dembo Bar counted, the there was ball. no one near him. And then he just ran and scored against Henderson. I was like, it was, <laughs> it was the defending funny. you would see if you're losing by one goal and you have to 100% get a goal in the 90th minute. And now it was United in the 20th minute. Crazy. So then Dean Henderson's first game, and he had to concede that nonsense. Conceded already. But that's the thing. What did you watch the rest of that match? You know, I, I didn't watch the match to be fair, so I I, I, don't I, really I, see saw, I saw the goals. Yeah. I saw the goals. Luke Shaw, whack. But yeah. Yeah. But, Luke Shaw was a think? was a promise, like the next, like sort of, you know, England's left back, and look what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, think about. We're talking about England and everything. Even in the Nations League, they've got a group of Belgium, Denmark, Iceland, and England themselves. And they've not been able... I don't, I don't know how the Nations League works, if it's the first team or the second team. But they're third, and I think all the games are done now. No, it's, the, it's, the, the, it, it's the first team that only qualifies in, yeah. First, oh, okay, so they wasn't close anyway. But yeah, so no. they should be fighting Belgium for, for the next spot. They oh, yeah, of third. course. Is that, Be up. That's the Euros, the World Cup. They, that's their out. Like, it's not acceptable to be losing games to Denmark and Iceland and also whatever. 
No, it's true, especially if you have the like you know the weight of doing pretty well in the World Cup anyway. Yeah. They had that weight on their yeah, shoulders think... of actually you know reaching the semis. You know, okay, fair enough, fourth place, but it was a lot of inexperienced guys. So the fact that they actually got to the semi-finals of the World Cup, brilliant. But come on, man, think... still losing to Denmark. That, that's the issue with England as well. They went into the... So say the 2016 Euros when they got knocked out by Iceland. That was almost the end of like a bit of a generation where the Rooney stepped down. Yeah, the Rooney generation. And yeah. The, yeah. yeah. And he had the rebirth where the, the Kane as the main strike. And then the World Cup came and there wasn't really any expectations. But then because there wasn't really any expectations and the whole they meme of it's coming uh, home and everything, mm-hmm. they, they went a lot further than it was they were speculated to go. But then if you look at it like, critically, like game by game, England didn't really play that well in the World Cup. They, they didn't. They got most of the... After... It's true. Yeah, go on, go on, sorry. So, yeah, I was going to say, they were basically set-piece merchants, the whole thing. Like, Kane got golden boot because he basically got all his goals against Tunisia and Panama. <laughs> so they're like, yeah. <laughs> And he scored from, like, penalty. Yeah. When they played against Colombia, they couldn't beat them in full time. That had to go to extra time. When they played Belgium in the group, they lost. They played Belgium again for third place, lost. Anytime they're against a decent team, they're just not good enough. Which shows the issue with um, England. They couldn't handle the pressure with Croatia. Yeah, yeah. Croatia. Croatia. Realistically, you would think that England versus Croatia, you'd fancy England potentially to probably go through. But then Croatia had an amazing World Cup, Modric, Perisic, all the itches. No, no, no. I rate for what what Croatia done in the World Cup, definitely. They had a good run. You know, the the, the way to the final wasn't the best because, you know, giants like Spain decided to lose against Russia, but... (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's their own problem I mean we had Germany who couldn't make it out of the group yeah how you got a human son running through and going in the 90th minute to knock him oh, out of the oh my day my favourite oh YouTube is German I've seen him crying on the timeline I'm like what's you know going what? on you have a team you have a team which is well structured against a group of Korea Sweden and Mexico <laughs> and he decides to come along and they couldn't make it out of the group and it, the thing is, well, they, they all, if it wasn't for Tony Cruz's amazing free kick, the penultimate game uh, they would have been done before yeah, they were all finished all that game. That was, a, that was a beautiful free kick. That was world class. Uh, yeah. That was the only highlight of the, of the whole campaign. <laughs> and even when you think it, um, Germany, again, with that thing, they just lost 6 0 again to Spain. And that Spain team isn't that amazing. And they just got slapped 6 0. Okay, you're going to hear me say this, yeah? You, you literally just said that they beat they beat a fully functioning German team 6-0 and they didn't have a good mm-hmm. squad. What does that show you? Bro, these guys yeah. are going to be beautiful. These are the, this is the same generation that ended up watching all these Iniestas, like Chavis, David Silvers mm. on the TV. And bro, when I tell you that Spain is going back to being a threat, like, I, I, I think they'll, they'll, they'll contend for Euros and, and the next World Cup. Look at Ferran Torres yeah, I think, performing well on the space yeah. like international and in Man City. Yeah. I think the big thing that Spain need to do is I feel that they need a better striker than Alvaro Morata. They need someone to break through as a really good Spanish striker. That's one thing Spain yeah. always had was a like clinical crate. And they had the 10 when they had, they had David Villa and like Fernando Torres. That's and insane. Torres, yeah. 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 Dude, shoot. And now they got Alvaro Morata. 
like, <laughs> when I look at the Spain team, the Spain team has got Sergio Roberto, good, Ramos, good, Paul Torres, I haven't heard too, too much about, but he's quite young. And then yeah. they've got Gaia at left back. Like, the whole team wasn't, like, man for man that amazing. And then when you look at um, Germany's team, they had, like, a good few quality players. Sane, Nabri, Werner, Cruz, Gundogan, Goretzka, Neuer, Schule, and they got slapped. They pretty much they they put on the first team against like <laughs> against Spain's first first young team. Yeah, yeah, and got decimated. And I believe let me check the standings. Bear in mind the context of it as well that Germany needed to win <laughs> to actually get out of the group. So it wasn't like it was a nothing game. It was a match for they everything. Had to win. Yeah, and it got smashed. Let's you know what yeah let's let's see how well they will do in the Nations League because Nations League will show us a lot because all the you know like what Belgium are there Italy are there Spain are there and France I think mm. France is is France mm. the last one I think uh, I think France is the it should I, I think it should be because I remember looking be. at it and it was and it was all like the top team sort of thing qualified through yeah uh, to yeah. the to the finals of Nations League. Yeah. Italy, Belgium, yeah, France, Spain. We got the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm really, I'm really excited to see what's going on because all four of those teams are are very good teams in their own right. Play yeah. different style of football, yeah. so I want to see what's going to happen with this. With the nation league, when is the nation league? Because normally it would be in the year like. Should have been this year coming up, but because of the pandemic, yeah. we still got the Euros to come. When does the Nations I, League take place now? Um, it's gonna take place in like after after that summer. So I'm I'm thinking like maybe September October times. Okay. That's when the finals okay. are gonna take place. Like because th- those are the times where you usually have international football. Mm-hmm. Gonna be crazy because really? we're gonna go like 2021. We'll have the Euros and we'll have the um, what was it called? The Nations League. In 2022, yeah. when Qatar for the Winter World Cup. Oh, yeah. How do you think that's going to happen from November to December? Um, to my I'm birthday, there's going to be a World Cup match. For, for I'm all I know. bummed out about that. Like, I am as well. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm a big thing on like tradition. Like, things shouldn't change. And I'm not saying, I don't want to get anything political regarding Qatar or whatnot. But I feel like if a country cannot facilitated because of weather reasons and with health reasons for the players. They really shouldn't be allowed to make... That's true. I agree with you. You know, nothing against Qatar, but as you're saying, like, yeah. I, I like the fact that, you know, everyone associates summer with, you know, with the World Cup. Happens every four years, so it gives us a little bit of thing to, yeah. you know, look forward to for, the, like, how many years, like, you know. But... For it to happen in November, December, it's just a bit out of place. Like I'm not sure how it's going to be looking like. And then I'm not too the sure. whole point of the summer as well is that some people use the summer to take time off to go to the country to watch the games, things like that. Like you can't like ask people. Say you're say you're a teacher, for example, and you normally spend like every four years you save up to go to the World Cup. It's not like yeah. mid. Like you'll be in a, <laughs> in a lesson and your team can be playing. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. And this is supposed to be the big World Cup where... Everyone has a break. Exactly. That's the whole point of everything that happens during summer. Because everyone's on breaks, everyone's doing like, you know, everyone can watch, everyone can support. Mm. I don't know. Honestly, we'll just have to wait and see. But thank you, Tyrese, for being here on the podcast with me. You're more than welcome to come back on anytime you want. Again, it was lovely talking to you. 
Thank you, bro. I hope you found it nice as well. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, thank you very much. And um, yeah, see you guys in the next episode. Uh, this has been Patrick uh, for the Ball and White podcast. Thank you, guys. Peace.